exploded. Hello and welcome to the Rotary Report Lasses podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen and of course Her Game 2, the campaign against sexism and misogyny in the beautiful game of football. And I am here to pick over England's glorious 4-0 win in the Euros semi-final against Sweden, which happened on Tuesday night by Ant Watson. How are you this morning, Ant? Are you as uh, hungover as me? Or no, not no. I was going to say we're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, but I'd be lying, wouldn't I? But uh, I'm not as hungover now. I'm all right. At least one of us is bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I've got like a pot of coffee in front of me, <laughs> literally a pot of coffee, and I'm halfway down my first cup, so I've just dragged mm. myself out of bed to record we're this. But under euphoria, aren't we, Rich? That's what we are. <laughs> I am. Um, well, Rich is just drunk. <laughs> I'm just struggling. I'm just struggling. Um, but uh, it. Absolutely amazing to uh, be able to, uh, to talk about winning 4 0 in the semi finals of the Euros. I mean, not many people saw it coming apart from Farrah Williams, obviously, um, on the BBC, who predicted 4 0 before the, before the kickoff. What, I mean, what are your thoughts overall about, about last night? It, for me, it was just, it, it was like some sort of dream. Yeah, I mean, shout out as well to Chris Cam, one of our writers who said 4 0 as well. He but did. yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. it's just, I mean, you, you, you're not expecting that, you know, especially after the first five minutes when Sweden probably should have been at least 1 or 2 0 up. Yeah. You know, Mary Earps has, has kept us in it really. But once once we scored, once we got the first goal, once Mido had, had scored, you know, again, an absolutely fantastic goal, I'm sure we'll get into it. But once that goal had gone and settled everyone's nerves, got into half time, I'm sure. Um, Serena Wigman would have given a little bit of a rollicking, to be honest, because it was, probably wasn't great the first half. But then the second half, straight away, you know, they go out there with you know a bit, a little bit more oomph, a little bit more, you know, the, the pressing was a lot more, uh, a lot more. Uh, forgot my words. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, a lot more, you know, there to see. Um, and then we score quite quickly in the second half, you know, with Lucy Bruns, um, you know, fantastic, you know, and and from then on, I think. The, Sweden did a Norway where they just didn't know what to do. Um, and, you know, we picked them off, didn't we? You know, Alessia Russo scored, you know, the goal of the tournament, probably the goal of the season. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then finished off with, you know, Frank Kirby, who, you know, was more deserving of a goal than anyone else on the pitch, thought she was outstanding. But it's just amazing, Rich, that this team just keeps on producing, doesn't it? You know, we saw them against Spain where, yeah, they struggled for, you know, 60-odd minutes until the subs were made. But yesterday, you know, even after the first ten minutes, they didn't they didn't let the game plan go out the window, or anything like that. It was just kept on going, and you know, eventually, you know, we've won four 0 in the semi final against one of the best teams in the world, mate. It's it just keeps on getting better and better and better, and there's one more game to go. Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, what what my thoughts were during the game was, yeah, this this was one of the best teams in the world that we were playing against, but we're now. We're now seeming to take European women's football to a whole different level of performance. The 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 way that we move the ball around the pitch, the crispness of the passing, the the interplay, the different options we've got all the time. There's two, three runners um when we're really in our flow. 
um, and and we're relentless. You know, we recycle the ball. We scored goals um, last night, often from from recycling the ball, from from trying one thing and then trying another. Um, uh, balls coming in from one side and then coming uh, and scoring from the other side of the pitch. There was um, just a, we were opening up a lot of space against a team that often teams struggle to 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 break down. I mean, Sweden, are, as people said, the second ranked team in the world, or they, they were before last night. Um, and uh, the quality of our play is something that I mean, I've not seen. I'm not seeing in women's football, uh, in international football, um, other than the United States. Do you think we're we're getting up to that that level now? We're certainly, you know, we're certainly improving, you know, massively. Um, we're becoming one of, you know, the one of the big nations, I think, you know, and it, you 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 know, you go back and we haven't won that many tournaments, you know, yeah, we won the She Believes Cup a few years ago, and, and it, you know, to be fair, it looked as if I was going to turn a corner there, but, you know, what happened to Phil Neville's, what happened to Phil Neville, you know, we're mm-hmm. not going to, we're not going to dwell on the negatives or anything like that, I mean, but what they've got, and this is what should, should, this is what should be happening from, you know, you look at the WSL and the amount of players that are coming through, through the youth ranks who are now, you know, there to represent England, you know, this, this should happen, this should happen, you know, yeah. this should be, uh, they should be put on a pedestal. They should be, you know, congratulated and everything. And yeah, we should start mentioning England in the same breath as the USA, in the same breath as the, we've already knocked the Spanish out, we've knocked the Swedish out, you know, the Germans and the French. You know, they they whoever wins that game t- tonight, you know, up against a huge nation. You know, there's going to be what is, is Wembley sold out. Is what yeah. eighty or thousand fans totally behind England? You know, it's it's going to be. You know, I would put England as favourites, no matter who we play. You know, on uh, on Sunday, and I think it's I think it's there for us to win now. Yeah, I mean, I think you know we can credit the clubs in in England for the amount of investment, particularly the the kind of the big four in women's football have have done a an amazing job in preparing these players uh, to the point that they you know they they are hyper fit and. Conditioned. I mean, we 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 still are yet to pick up a significant injury. Hopefully, everyone's kind of recovering from from last night, and and I think all of that in the background lays the foundations. But I just want a, a, a word really about Serena Vigman. Um, she has done something with this group to turn them from a group of talented individuals into a team. And I wanted your thoughts on kind of her impact because she's we forget she's she's not been in the job a year and she hasn't lost no, a game. September. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely amazing. Any 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 walk of life, let alone in any realm of football, that kind of success, immediate impact would be you know unprecedented. What do you think of of Serena? You know what I think is has happened because we see it with both of the the men's and the women's game, especially with with the uh, with the England side that the kind of the kind of play under what the FA wants them to. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at like you look at the men's side. You know, Gareth Southgate plays quite a defensive, put a you know possession based football, which you know look it's it looks nice on the outer coach's dream, blah blah blah. But what I think Wigman's done is come in and said, no, we're going to play my way. Because it's it's pretty much the same as what you did with the Dutch, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's this pressing football. It's 
it's playing players in the correct position you know um you know which which i know that's a simple thing but you look at you look what you look at Mido at the minute and, and Mido's playing you know pretty much the same position she plays for arsenal and she's absolutely bossing it you know she's She's brought in the likes of Kira Walsh, who for me has been our player of the tournament, and and she's been so under like underrated. The the amount of these the, the passing range that that girl's got is unbelievable, and you look what she's done with the with the young lasses, you know, Ella Turin and Alessia Russo. Everyone's clamouring to see them start, you know, but she's saying no, no, you know, they're going to be our they're going to be our finishers. It reminds us a lot of like a really really good rugby union side mm-hmm. where you've got your nucleus of players, you've got, you know, your big hitters on to begin with. When and if it doesn't work or when you want to, you know, change it up, you've got what you call the finishers. Um, you know, and Alessia Russo's been, I mean, she's proven that, but to be honest, Serene Rigman needs the keys to the safe, to be honest, she needs <laughs> the keys to everything. You know, she's just, she's just brought in this euphoria and a breath of fresh air to this side. That's got, it's got the nation believing and more importantly, it's got the girls believing that, you know, they can, step to that next level like and win tournaments you know we've been to semi-finals before they've broke that hoodoo now you know they've, they've got this final coming up and i just fully expect them to go on and win it now i just think the, the country now is on so much of a buzz through it i think that's what will get them over the line but she's absolutely fantastic you know you've got to put her in the same breath as you know the the coaches of the past you know you, you look at emma hayes as well who i think's a fantastic coach you, you put them in the same breath that they're just they've kind of revolutionised the women's game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing, Rich, it really is. It is, and it's the quality of the football I'll come back to again because, um, you know, I've heard from various people over the past couple of years, oh, women's football's slow, um, they, they might be good on the ball, but there's there's just no pace, it's ponderous football, it's too, too much space on the pitch. All, all that's been demonstrated last night is that when you've got a a, a, a brilliant team um, that's on form they're, they're, they're irresistible often and it, it did remind me of some of again some of um, the best teams in the men's Premier League as well in some Ooh. of the ways that they play um, would kick back against something you said in, in that I don't think all of the players necessarily are playing in what you might say is their natural position. I think you've got Rachel Daly who's a who's a forward playing it full back and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and you know she, she came back and, and did a fantastic job last night and I think you know you look at Lee Williamson who who often is playing in, in, in midfield for Arsenal is playing at the back and doing an amazing job. But I do get what you mean that, that everyone's a natural fit in that in their positions in that system. And that's what matters. Yeah, it's yeah. not the individual yeah. players being in their in in their natural position. It's having the right players in the right parts of the pitch for the overall balance of the team. And that's when you've got when you've got Lucy Bronze on one side, you need somebody on the other side to create create that balance. Like Rachel Daly, and we saw that Rachel was um, instrumental in the first goal that eventually found its way to Lucy Bronze, who pinged it back in for for me to, to, to I mean that finish as well. I mean, if that was the only goal in the game, we'd be raving about how wonderful Beth Mead's touch, swivel, and 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 finish were. But it's almost been forgotten in the in in what happened after. It it was a glorious evening, um, and I, I just think that I hope. 
but I actually, I now, I now think, I think there's like anecdotal evidence that it's going to have that impact where the game is taken really seriously by mm-hmm. by football people because that's been my not gripe but kind of background whinge for a while is that you know real real hardcore football people who would you know watch any game that was on TV um won't watch a women's game because of the gender of the 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 players on the pitch and I think that's changed in the last yeah, couple of yeah. weeks I think, I think Gavard put that in in our group chat Andy that he was he was playing pool in like a workman's club and the when when Russo's goal went in the the club stopped and you know stood up and applauded and everything like that. I mean that's probably not been seen before. You you are starting to see a little bit of a of a turn, Richard. I'll admit that, and that's what it needs to be honest. You know we, we need to stop comparing it. It, it needs to yeah, just be its own thing. You know put, put, to put that on a shelf. It's the only sport where you, you do see where like. It, it's nothing compared to the men's. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Your, your national team is in a final of a major tournament. You know, it just doesn't. For me, it just doesn't compute why that is a thing. But um, you know, I've, I've got something to say about that later on. I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll uh, come back with. But um, it is just so refreshing to see that. You know, when when Gavard put that in our group chat, I was like, that's I've never known that before. You know, yeah. and, and I've you know I've watched the game now for. You know, around about what eight to ten year now. You know, I, I wouldn't claim I'm an expert, and I like what you know the likes of Katie and Charlotte are. But um, you know, when you're seeing that, and, and we're seeing that at a club level as well, where you know it's Sunderland, we're starting to get a newer, you know, a newer fan base in. You know, like, like what happened on the beach the other night. You know, tremendous idea, and and these things, and this this tournament, that's what it needs to. It need we need to kick on from it. We need to, like what the Olympic uh, Wright said it yesterday. Like what the Olympics. You know, we we need to you know continue this forward momentum on it, Rich. You know, hundred percent. After the tournament, I'm sure we'll we'll do a bit of a special on on legacy and on how our club can build on it. But um, mm. I wrote something in the wake of the game last night um, because I was a bit emotional and a little bit drunk um, <laughs> about about how we you know because I'd listened to what Ian Wright said. And I thought, how do how does this apply to a club like Sunderland that has had such an impact on this team? You know, the first two goals were scored and assisted by Sunderland by, by lasses who come through our system. We've got a responsibility as a football club, I think, now to push on. And you know, if you're listening to this, you're interested, and you're probably a lasses fan anyway. If you're not, welcome. And if you are. You know, I think it's up to all of us who really do care and have been there and get it to actually to you know the, we've been a bit cautious and a bit coy and a bit kind of reticent, but I think we've got to you know kind of be more confident in bringing other people with us uh, in talking about it in in using you know using the M using the M in men's football. I'm going to say it out loud. If you you got to differentiate between what you're talking about because this is football, it's men's football, women's football, it's all football. And if you're talking about Sunderland, you're either talking about the lads or the lasses, or both. And because they both sit under the same umbrella um, within the club, I think the club needs to start thinking about it like that. The fan base increasingly needs to think about that, and go that goes to fan groups and everything. Women's football shouldn't be one item on the agenda 
It should be part of every agenda at the mm. club. Every bit of promotion. And like I say, we will come back to it. We're, but I think we need to use this platform. And, and who knows what little tricks the, the club might have up its uh, sleeve in the next few weeks. Hopefully they've been thinking about this um, uh, pretty hard during this tournament. As as of some of the other clubs, I'll leave it with this. Portsmouth, who are a Tier 3 club, had nearly 3,000 people in Fratton Park for a friendly the other night. Not a men's friendly, a women's friendly. If there was yeah. 3,000 people at Fratton Park for a pre-season friendly in men's football, it would be pretty remarkable. But there was yeah. 3,000 people there for a women's friendly, which they won against WSL side Reading, which is great yeah. in itself to show that that gap between Tier 3 sides and the top flight might be might be narrowing as more players come into the game, as more fans come into the game, as more re- clubs take the game more seriously so there's my little soapbox moment no yeah you're right you're right and, and you know it's even going back rich to as, as much as we don't don't like talk about newcastle and like that but they sold twenty two thousand tickets yeah, for in, a women's football in you know and it's unbelievable that's unbelievable you know the the country is it is catching up you know yes you know it's there's 50 years to catch up on because you know we weren't allowed to play the game for 50 years but it is getting there. You've seen that with Portsmouth. That is unbelievable. But there's a there's a time where your derby on tomorrow night at the Academy of Light for the for the ladies and for the for the women, sorry. And for me, that's just such a shame going off the back of especially now this semi final that not many people are allowed to go and watch it. You know, and I think that's just such a shame. But obviously, yeah. we've had to explain that. You know, Hetton isn't free. Well, and obviously, the Stephen you know, Light wanted the concepts there's, and that. There's, there's, I, I, I want to come in just on that. If the club was creative, if both clubs were creative, right? Maybe St James's Park, Stadium of Light, even Appleton need the pitches. You know, the pitches are being relayed. They're preparing for the new season. Hire the international stadium in Gateshead. Yeah. You know, yeah. hire Hebben for mm-hmm. hire South Shields for 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 the evening. Make it a big Euros celebration, not a Newcastle yeah. thing, a Sunderland thing, a North East football thing, and celebrate the fact that this tournament, both England and Northern Ireland, have had players from this region or who've worked and li- yeah. lived and worked in this region for many years. Yeah, you probably think this is probably the biggest area for, for, for the talent. Well, what, there's been six players, you know, who've... Yeah. Obviously, you know, Sarah Matmax still playing for, for Durham now. Um, but, you know, Sunderland have had, what, five players representing at, at this tournament. I just think the clubs, not just Sunderland, you know, Middlesbrough neglect their women's team. They've got such a legacy in women's football mm. going back to the 70s. They neglect their team. It's run by volunteers. Steve Gibson gets a lot of credit for being this great chairman, but he runs half a football club, as I see it. He's running He's yeah. running half a club, whereas a couple of... I think it's a couple basically run Middlesbrough Women's Football Club in t- mm, in tier yeah, three. I'm sure Graham's got like a little bit more of an idea yeah, yeah. than what than what I've got, but so, yeah, I mean it is. It's just it's such a so shame. But... This has got to be a kick up the arse for a lot yeah. for a lot of clubs from those with big, long, well established histories like our own. For clubs like Newcastle that are just seeming to get it, whether, you know, for whatever reason they're seeming to get it, they're putting some resources behind it. Clubs like Middlesbrough, who just don't do out. And Hull and all, mm. loads of teams in our 
vicinity. Leeds United have neglected their team since the since the early 2010s when they were right up with us as as right the top of the second tier. The clubs in this part of the world uh, have have got to step up, and there's grassroots clubs that do an amazing job as well. And we shouldn't forget the kind of the Chesley Streets and the Norton. Norton and Stockton side and, and, and York who've just come into tier four as well. Yeah. You know, there's lots and lots of teams in and around kind of north of the Humber, Northumbria in England, um, who who've been at the heart of this. You know, your Annex and people like that have brought Lucy yeah. Bronze and, and Lucy Stan through. Um it's 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 really important that every football club sees that women aren't just uh, a part of the fan base, but a part of the, the the playing future of them, and that we get enough coaches and enough referees and enough resources put in so that we can truly have a game that is for absolutely everyone in this country, not just, you know, um, blokes, basically, and, and, yeah. and boys. Uh, and what Ian Wright said, and I thought I just want to leave this here before we go to to, um, to talk about um, the final. But what Ian Wright said was was absolutely right. There should be no more boys play football, girls play netball in in schools, or girls play hockey, no. um, and while the boys do football, this is our national sport. And that was the thing I wrote last night that I really wanted to get over was. Last night, the sport actually became, I think, our national sport for everyone, not just yeah. half of the people in the country. Totally agree. And and yes, yeah, so that's another soapbox element. I want to I want to move on because we haven't got much time. And, and <laughs> just and, just very very quickly on just uh, you know because I have got a little bit to say about this. Yeah. Because yeah. we'll, we'll, I know we've gone off piece badly here. That's all right. But, you know, we I've put this on my Facebook last night and we've had a, a few players' interviews with Charlotte and I can't remember how many, but I'm sure it's in double figures now of how many Charlotte's done. But you go back to, like, our experienced players and you look at, like, Kira, who's our captain, you know, Megan Bay, who's been there for years, and then both of them put on, I wasn't allowed to play yeah. at school. Yeah. And that is heartbreaking, you know. For, for, those, for those girls who have come on and been their professional footballers now is amazing. But you look at what Sunderland have produced in the past. You know, we've got, you know, we've got the Beth Mead now, who's now one of the best players in the world. You know, Lucy Bronze, who's just signed for Barcelona. Demi, who's been absolutely amazing for England. Jill Scott, unbelievable players, unbelievable talent have started at Sunderland, right? We've got now Neve Heron, who's going to play for England. You know, she, she's representing them under 19 level. That girl will play for England, categorically. You know, put your stamp on it now. Grace Eid, Libby McInnes, you know, they're both playing under 18s, under 17s. Grace Eid especially will play for England. So why are you still seeing these things now where 11, 12-year-old girls are not allowed to play football at school? It's wrong and it shouldn't be allowed. We need to stop it. Like what Ian Wright said last night, it needs to be stopped. And, it, it, you know, you, you saw that girl last night when Sweet Caroline come on, you know, singing her heart out. What's she going to be doing this morning, Mitch? She's going to go out, get a football, and want to kick it about because she wants to be Beth Mead. She wants to be Alessia Russo. You know, let them do what they want. And we're not in, you yeah. know, and that is my last my last well, thing on that, Mitch. I'll, so. I'll put one, one little extra thing on that, which is kind of the, the, the flip side of it, which is if, if like me, you've got a, a, a young lad in your life, you know, you're uh, an uncle or a, a father or a mother or a sister or a brother to a 
to a to a um a youngster, a young boy, um, making them really understand that this game is for the girls in their class, the girls in their life, their sisters, their their cousins. That's really important. My my lad rang me up after at full time because he's actually up in Sunderland doing a he's been doing a course at the Beacon, which has had a whole thing for for girls exclusively yesterday as well, running alongside yeah. their their regular summer program that my lad's on with his cousin, and um, you know we're really lucky in the northeast that we've got something like the Be- the Beacon. That's 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 doing this. That's got you know picture of of Steph Houghton and Jordan Henderson on on the wall. Our club is great in many ways and is way ahead of 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 the other larger sides or larger football clubs in in the region or even some of them in the whole of the north of England. But um, there's still more we can do, and we've got that legacy, and I, and I think we, we we're going to build on that legacy. I want to come to your thoughts on the, the, the other semi-final before we turn to Millie and Chloe and Brett's audio diary from um, the game at Milton Keynes between Germany and France uh, on on Wednesday evening, uh, which will decide who we face on Sunday at 5 o'clock at Wembley. Do either of these sides, given what England have done to other really big teams in this tournament, scoring 12 goals without conceding against two of the tournament favourites, for example. What do you think about Germany and France and, and what they've got to offer? I would love it to go an extra time. <laughs> it, it, let's, let's, in fact, let's get into penalties. Couple of red, oh, couple right. of red cards and some... Uh, yeah, a couple and... of red cards. Yeah, you know, a little, <laughs> a little calf strain now. Now, in, in all seriousness, whoever wins that game has got to be respected. You know, yeah. They're going to be Euro finalists. You know, France have been excellent in the tournament. You know, they're not Netherlands out who I thought Netherlands will go all the way, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Germany have been, you know, just Germany haven't they? They've been efficient. They've been, you know, excellent, actually, you know. And, and they are probably, I would say, in the last, even though England have, are in the final, have won 4-0 against Sweden, I would still say Germany are the favourites for the tournament. So, um, you know, I would, I would probably just fancy the Germans tonight. Um, and I think that would just be, such a great final. Um, it doesn't matter who we play, to be honest. It'd be such no. a great final. But I just think with the with the euphoria that's going at the minute, England have got enough to go over the line. But I, I tell you what, tonight's going to be a really, really good game. Yeah. You know, if you if you if you haven't watched it before, get yourself and watch it tonight. And I'm I'm glad that uh, Brett and the two girls are going, and and I know they'll enjoy it. So it'll be a it'll be a fantastic game. Yeah, it's going to be great, and and I think we should hear from them now because. They've been uh, one of my highlights of the tournament here in here. Oh, the here, highlight here of the tournament. <laughs> the highlight. Uh, never mind us two. They've been brilliant. <laughs> um, so let's hear Brett, Chloe and Millie uh, and their their thoughts ahead and after the, the second semi-final. Hello, it's Brett here. Down here, Milton Keynes, heading over to watch Germany versus France in the semi-finals. The winner gets to play England in the final of the European Championships. That's a sentence I've wanted to say for a very, very long time. Now, I'm fresh off the back of those Lionesses winning last night. I'm actually with my two little cubs. Introduce yourselves, girls. I'm Chloe. And I'm Millie. So we've got Millie and Chloe back with me again. So, girls, we watched the game last night, didn't we? And you set up very, very late. Millie, how do you feel that England are through to the final? 
Good. Millie says good. Chloe, how are your what are your thoughts on England reaching the final? Exploded. Chloe's head exploded. She literally did the hands explode in there. It was a really, really good game, though, girls. You, you find your, you're enjoying the football more and more because you watched the whole game last night. Normally, you sort of drift in and out. Millie, you really enjoy it? Yes. And then tonight, we've got uh, France versus Germany. So, Millie, who are you going to be supporting? France. Millie's supporting France. Chloe, who are you going to go for then? I'm going to support France because I don't want Germany to go against England. Oh, so Chloe doesn't want Germany to go against England. So, they're both supporting France tonight. We'll no doubt have a uh, bit more of an in-depth conversation afterwards. Because just so you know, it's actually raining as you walk to the stadium. In previous games, it's been an absolute heat wave. And um, Clay, what's it like at the moment? It's not a heat wave. It's not a heat wave anymore. We're walking to the ground here, Milton Keynes, looking forward to the semi-final, Germany versus France, to see who is going to play England in the final on Sunday. Hello, so it's Brett again. Um, the time is actually 10.23. Um, I'm with the little cubs, Millie and Chloe, who for two nights in a row now have been up after their bedtime. Girls, you both not knackered yet? No. No. No, it's still absolutely buzzing. So we've just seen Germany 2, France 1. So this Sunday, England versus Germany at Wembley. We've got our tickets. Girls, are you excited for the weekend? Yes. yes. Um, once again, though, so this has been our fourth game here at Milton Keynes. And as I started talking when I said I've not been to a women's um, game yet. However, the, every single game has been absolutely brilliant. You know, really enjoyed it. Really competitive games. The crowd have been up for it every time. Today in Milton Keynes, we had 27,000 people there. Um, now, compare that to a normal MK Dons game. They get about 8,000-ish, I think, per game. You know, it was a really, really great to see. Um, you know, so for, it does actually highlight, I'm sure you guys have probably mentioned this a parcel on the pod, that, you know, Sunderland have missed out by not having any games up there in the northeast. You know, it's been fantastic seeing all the kids down here. Both the girls have absolutely loved going it. Girls, though, so today's game, did you enjoy today's game? You were both supporting France. Millie, were you gutted that we're not going to see France on Sunday? Yes. Chloe, you said the same. Are you a bit gutted because you thought France weren't as good as Germany? I want a French plat. You want a French plat. So there we go. So Clay wants a French plat. She's missed out. She's gutted by that. She's going to have to go for a Dutch one um, on Sunday. No, but girls, though, let's have one final message. So we've got one more recording. We do this on, on Sunday. Before that, for our lionesses, girls, what have you got to say? Come on, England! Come on, England. I'll be speaking to you on Sunday at Wembley. Well, it was lovely to hear from Brett and the girls and I know that they're going to be at Wembley on Sunday. I'm going to be at Wembley on Sunday. Um, lots of other Sunderland fans are going to be there. Unfortunately, I don't think you're going to be there, are you, Ant? No, no, I'm at work, oh. I'm afraid. Um, work and affordability issues, I'm afraid, yeah. at the moment. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, the tickets were on sale a, a long time ago. And uh, we took a punt that, they would, uh, <laughs> that we would go all the way. And... Um, and, and it's happened, and it's a bit of a dream come true. Um, and, and there'll be lots of Sunderland representation down there, lots of um, people coming down from the northeast, coming from all over England and all over the world for this game. And I just hope we can make it um, 
a celebration of football overall and, and England's contribution to the development of the whole game, men's football, women's football, um, youth football, disability football. You know, this is where the game started. It's also where the game was banned um, for women and it's also where the game was re-established um, too. And, you know, I just... Let's make it a festival of, of, of football. Let's let's have an amazing weekend uh, where we put this fantastic team with Lucy Bronze, with Beth Mead, with Demi Stokes, and, of course, with Jill Scott there at the centre of, of everything we're talking about. So um, I'll give you a final word. And um, do you want to give a prediction? Well, we don't know who we're playing yet. <laughs> Not, <laughs> I think we'll win. You know, um... I would like, and, and I know you know Serena's played the same team, and I and I cannot see a, a change in the boat. If I was to make one change, I would like to see Alessia Russo come in for Ellen White. I just think that Alessia's um, she scored four goals from the bench. You know she's second highest goal scorer, and I just think that she's warranted the chance to start now. And I know it would it would have to you know be a little bit of a tactical tweak or something like that, but. Listen, Ellen's been amazing for us, you know, and, and she is coming towards, you know, the, the back stages of her career now. She's been amazing, but just in the last couple of games, I don't think her contribution has been telling, whereas everyone else, you know, you, the, the likes of Frank Kirby, who's improved in every game, you know, Mido, who's, yeah, she had a couple of quiet games, but she, you know what Mido can do, you know, and I just think Alessia Russo has warranted that start, you know, you you normally get you know the the wonder kids who come out of tournaments and who people talk about and and unless Russo has put her name on that list you know with that goal I mean we we barely spoke about it, have we you know the girl just I mean she misses a sitter don't get us wrong it's an absolute sit and she be good yeah. about that but have the audacity to do that and and, and the quick thinking there because obviously when you you know I was I've, I've played as a striker before and I've missed sitters and the last thing you think of is Oh, you know, the first thing actually, sorry, you put your hand on your head. She could have easily done that and, and just give the chance up, but she knew that that chance was still alive. And then to have the, just the audacity to do what she did and not make the goalkeeper. I mean, you know, it was just you know perfect, what? wasn't it? She is. I've not, I, I, I personally don't think that Serena should or will um, change that starting 11. I think mm-hmm. it works what she's doing. And I think Ellen White. Having seen her at Old Trafford, having watched her game closely, there are things that she's doing when she is not on the ball mm. that yeah. that just don't get picked up. The pressing, the harrying, the stretching teams to create. She might not even yeah. get the ball, but she's creating space for Kirby to drop into, for 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 Beth Mead to drop into. Mm. Um, I don't think she will but, change it, but if there was one change, that's what I would do. Um, you know, yeah, I, I just. She's not gonna. She's gone through now. What we're in now? A, it'll be our seventh game or something like that. One, a sixth, sixth game. Sorry, and she's picked the same team. So she's going to pick that side. But if there was one yeah. little tweak, I would make that. Well, one. I mean, it wouldn't. It it would be entirely warranted. You're completely right because mm. what I was going to say was Alessia Russo is possibly the most natural centre forward I've seen anywhere for for years. She is just like a, a revelation. You know, we've heard about seeing her in the WSL and seeing what she's capable of, but Man United are not elite. And when you surround that 
that girl with the best players available. She is absolutely unbelievable. And she has got that instinct for the go- for where the goal is. And yeah. she she's brilliant. She's just absolutely brilliant. But like you say, maybe she's just she's just a finisher at the minute. She's just that explosion that comes on and if you're a, if you're a German or a French defender and you get to sixty minutes and you've been harried and pressed and disturbed by Ellen White for for an hour and then you know that you've got Lisa Russo coming you've off the bench, on, yeah. you yeah. are not you you are you are not happy and I, and I think we will have too much. I think we will have too much quality and we will have too much momentum. And we will have we will bring too much noise on sun on Sunday night for any yeah. team to cope with. And yeah. it could be KG, it could be a one nil, it could be an extra time, it could be whatever, but it also could be and I don't think we can discount this now after we've done it to Sweden, it could be a, a procession. It could be. No. That it's option okay. yeah. that option is is there and I don't think it's illegitimate yeah. to, to talk about it. Anyway, we've run out of time, mate. So um we might come back with a, another pod before the weekend. We'll see. We'll see who we can secure as a guest. Um <laughs> uh, and so I might speak to you again. If I don't, uh, enjoy the football, everyone, on Sunday. Uh, enjoy the celebration when we lift that trophy, and then make sure you get yourself down at Ebbleton and watch Sunderland women um, because you know we, we've got the next generation of lionesses right there so thanks to everyone for listening and I'll leave you with uh, our theme song which is Science by Big Fat Big and speak to you all later it's alright